Welcome to episode five of the Disability Perspectives podcast. My name is Utah Kirshner and I am your host. Thank you for choosing to share your time with us today. During the busiest stretch of the semester, we are so happy to be able to continue sharing various perspectives on disabilities with you, our audience. In the coming weeks, we have a great lineup planned and are very excited to share these perspectives with you. Thank you for continuing to support us, listening to our work, and sharing us with your friends. Please continue to share us on your social media pages so that the impact of this podcast can continue reaching more people. You can find the Disability Perspectives podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please follow us on Facebook at disability.perspectives, on Twitter at dp underscore podcast one, and on Instagram at disability.perspectives. We are aware that some users have had trouble listening to the podcast on Apple. We believe this issue has been corrected, and even if not the previous episodes, every episode from here forward should be fully accessible on all major podcast platforms. If you are interested in seeing the transcript for today's episode, please follow the link in the episode description. Today we sit down with John Livermore, a junior at Virginia Tech and one of my good friends from my campus ministry crew. John has a diagnosis of Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, as well as depression. We will discuss John's experience with these disabilities, and you'll get to hear a lot more about it from him. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as we continue striving to normalize the conversation around disabilities. All right, so I am here with John Livermore today. So... John, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and then uh, we'll jump in. All right. Um, you know, like I said, my name is John Livermore. I am in my third year at Tech, but I'm graduating here early, so technically I'm a senior. Um, an international relations major with a German minor. Um, I, you know, I love, or I'm, in, I'm in, involved in crew on the ministry. I'm also on the rugby team um, here at Tech, and then some other some other clubs and stuff. And yeah, it's a little bit about me. So. Gotcha. So, um, with rugby, is it a club team? It is a club team, yes. Gotcha. Do you get to travel a lot? Um, during pre-COVID, yes. Um, however, like, since COVID, we're not allowed to travel. Um, you know, we've been to... The farthest I've gone is Maryland um, for a game, and it was, like, a seven-hour drive. So, okay. it's quite a ways. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, your disability, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which we'll just refer to as ADHD and then depression as well. So with that, with those diagnoses, you haven't always had those. You've, you've kind of only recently been diagnosed. So walk me through um, from, from the time, I guess about this time a year ago or so, um, and then through the process of getting a diagnosis, what led you to seeking the diagnosis, um, and that sort of thing. Walk me through that. Yeah, um, so since like everything went online, um, you know, I've always, like, I've always kind of struggled with, uh, like, ADHD symptoms, like, growing up. Um, however, like, specifically, like, last semester, you know, with the online format classes, you know, it was extremely difficult for me to, you know, to focus and stuff. And, um, you know, I was struggling more than, more than I normally had, you know, and kind of in the past I was able to cope um, with, my, with my ADHD symptoms and stuff. But, um, you know, with the online format classes, you know, I literally just could not focus, could not, like, it was almost like I couldn't do anything. Um, and so, you know, I sought out, um, you know, I sought out help and, uh, you know, I went and met with psychiatrists to see if, you know, I had potentially ADHD because, you know, a couple of friends uh, kind of recommended me to them. Um, and yeah, and I got, a, you know, I got the diagnosis, so. Okay. Uh, so what did, so leading up to your diagnosis with ADHD, um, obviously ADHD is something that, um, and, and I can, I can put a link to these. Um, sort of qualifiers in the episode description, but one of some some of the things that that you have to have for an ADHD diagnosis it has to be majorly affecting multiple areas of your life, at least three, if I'm if I remember that correctly, um, and then just a number of other things. So um, ever since ever since you were little, I imagine you've struggled with these sorts of things. But what was it about the last year or so that made it? A little more clear that you needed that something was going on um what what how i guess how long have you noticed these symptoms um but then finally like sought a diagnosis in the last year have you always had these symptoms yeah yeah um grow so growing up it wasn't really ever something that i like 
notice, you know, like I got good grades, um, you know, I like it. So it was, it was never really like a issue that we noticed, like, you know, in high school and middle school and even before that. Um, but, you know, coming to college, you know, with, like with my major, it's a very reading heavy major and I've never been able to focus on reading at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, trying to, you know, trying to read and do all this stuff last semester, you know, with it all being online, like I just could not do, you know, cause like in early college, you know, I was always able to meet deadlines, you know, I procrastinate a lot, you know, I've always struggled, you know, with procrastination, um. And, you know, but I was also, I was always able to get stuff in on time. Um, but last semester, um, you know, it kind of, like I said, started the COVID, um, really the first semester that we here, yeah, fall, fall, last semester, excuse me. Um, I was starting to miss deadlines. And, you know, I'd never, never done that before. Um, but, you know, like a week would go by, you know, I saw it finish an assignment, two weeks would go by. And I would literally be sitting there trying to do these assignments, um, you know, a week or two after, you know, like, like literally just continually trying to sit down and do them but I just could not put like words to paper um, with a lot of these assignments and so you know I kind of realized like hey like I really need help and so that's why you know kind of late last semester you know I decided to go in and get tested. Mm -hmm. So there would be times where you would um, be working on a paper and it would be due and you hadn't really done anything with it even though you'd spent hours staring at computer screens and it would be a week past due and you'd still be still your computer screen and then it would be two weeks past due and then just a cycle going on. So I imagine with that happening, that was kind of creating this snowball effect or domino effect where you were still putting time and effort into this one assignment that you just couldn't seem to get going on. Um, and then that was putting you behind other assignments that were becoming past due. So I imagine the snowball effect really started to um, pile up and accumulate with, um, I mean, obviously then you have more stressors and you have more things late. Um, and stuff like that. So I imagine that just continued to pile up for you, didn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and even like, my, you know, my professors were super understanding. You know, even before, you know, I had a diagnosis, they were like, you know, we understand that, you know, COVID's hard. Um, and actually a lot of them, you know, they, a lot of them gave me extensions for, you know, a lot of my assignments, which, you know, I was so grateful for. But even, but the thing was like, even with those extensions, like I, I would miss those extensions that they gave mm-hmm. me, you know? You know, they, you know, they give me these extensions, you know, like, all right, like, like, you know, you know, I got, you know, they've given me this chance, which I don't necessarily like, I guess, deserve. I don't, or don't think, you know, necessarily think it's fair that I got and maybe potentially other students didn't, but, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use it to my ability. I'm going to, you know, submit this thing, get it done. And, um, but even like with, like I say, even with those extensions, you know, I'd still miss those. And then I'd be like late in turning things in for the for the extension that they gave me and it was just again like a snowball effect because it would affect one class which would then affect you know other classes yes kind of just continued to pile up so you you received your diagnosis you were 20 when you received your diagnosis um but you'd been adhd is something that typically is is around all the time it doesn't i mean it can develop but it it typically is is around from birth so it took you 20 years to seek this diagnosis. What got in the way? What made you um, avoid going to get this diagnosis? What made you not want to seek um, sort of the diagnosis before you were 20? Yeah. So like I said, like I briefly mentioned earlier, um, you know, like in you know, elementary school, like middle school, high school, um, like, you know, I'd always, I'd always kind of struggle with like some attention stuff, you know, like in elementary school, I was actually, like, looking at an old report card, and, you know, it kind of said, like, John has a hard time sitting down, hard time, like, focusing, paying attention, um, but, you know, I always, you know, in, you know, all those years of school, like, you know, I still always got good grades, you know, um, and even, like, you know, in high school, like, I never studied, never studied for anything, um, you know, I think I studied for 30 minutes for my SAT, you know, still got a good score, um, and only, I only, I even only took it once, you know, um, and, you know, despite, like, despite never having studied, like I said, I still got good grades, and, um, you know, I was, I was never really, like, challenged that much, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, because of that, you know, because of the good grades, and, you know, like, you know, kind of being, like, and yeah, I was, like, a little bit more restless than, I guess, the other kids, but, mm-hmm. um, you were able to get by, though, yeah, I was able to get by, you know, it wasn't something that was, like, particularly difficult, you know, so, like, I was, like, I mean, the ultimate goal was, you know, good grades to pass, and so, you know, being able to just continue to do that, it was fine. Yeah, so coming to college, though, um, you know, I was in a very, you know, competitive, very competitive university here at Tech, and, you know, my workload was, my workload was much heavier than normal, um, or than, not normal, but, like, you know, heavier than high school and stuff, and so, 
you know, the old, my old methods of like doing stuff just like wouldn't work anymore, which, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear that all the time about like coming to college, like, Hey, you know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people can, can like get by without studying in high school, but then coming to college, you know, they kind of need to. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, I really wanted to, you know, I really wanted to like study and kind of like, you know, do because I knew I needed to, to adjust in order to be successful. And so I would, so I would try to do that. However, like I was never able to do that. Like, you know, despite, you know, despite my efforts, you know, I was never able to actually sit down and study and, you know, and try to, you know, get work done. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like, um, you know, it was always like me waiting to the last minute to get stuff done. And also like with my, like kind of like I also, like I mentioned before, my, you know, my ma- so I'm an international relations major. Um, and with that, it's extremely reading heavy, you know, and like I've never been able to read at all. Like the only books I've ever been able to read is fantasy books. And even then I've had trouble reading those. Yeah, you told um, me before that it took you like the whole school year to get through one of what's now your favorite books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it was, like I said, and it was a more advanced book for the age I was at that I was trying to read it, but it was mm-hmm. still like, you know, it should have been something I, I should be able to finish, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, because of, you know, those struggles with like not being able to focus and like, the, and, like having the desire to, but not having the ability to, is kind of what made me realize, like, hey, you know, I probably, I need to, you know, kind of go in and get tested. Yeah, and just to speak to, I know that, like, coming into college, college and high school are two totally different ball games, and yep. it's, like, and you can talk about it and explain it to people and all of that, but, like, until, until you experience it, you really don't truly get it, um, but, like, coming out of high school, I know even for me, I, like, my study habits in high school would not get me through in college, like, I studied in high school, but sometimes it would just be, like, big test tomorrow, all right, I'll study before I go to bed tonight for like half an hour and I'll be golden. Like, I didn't really have to crack a lot of books open in high school. Like, it just kind of came, flowed, and went, and like, it worked well. And then when I got to college, I truly had to teach myself how to study. I had to adopt new study habits. I had to kind of get into this new mindset of, of doing schoolwork um, because the way I did it in high school just wouldn't work in college. It's just not built the same. But I imagine for you that was with ADHD and with even uh, being able to get by in high school, but still struggling just a little bit because of your ADHD, I imagine that was really just compounded and like amplified when you got to college and high school study habits typically don't work anyway, but when yours were only barely working because of ADHD, I bet when you got to college, you really thought that, you really felt that you needed to, to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, like it, they weren't just like, my study habits weren't just like limited in high school. They were non-existent. You know, I, mm-hmm. I never studied for anything, you know, no matter what it was, you know, like SAT, probably about 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. my, uh, even my driver's license test, you know, it was probably about like 30 minutes of studying mm-hmm. for that. Um, you know, and even like, like I said, in college, you know, like, I, you know, I wanted to change, you know, I wanted to, you know, be successful because I knew I needed to change in order to do that. But, you know, I, like, I literally just like couldn't, make myself do you know I, I you know i try to sit down and study and just couldn't do it and so even i mean honestly even like or since you know i kind of found trouble like being able to do that you know i would just kind of not do it, you know with my major having or being very reading heavy um you know i just a lot of times i just kind of concluded that you know i can't do this and so i wouldn't you know like you know i hate to you know, let my professors know this, but, you know, most of those books that you made me buy, I didn't read any of them, you know, <laughs> didn't, barely read any of them, um, you know, and like I said, you know, that's not something I like, in, you know, it's not something like I'm proud of, but mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's because, because I said, like I said, I want, I wanted to, you know, I want to read these books, I want to, you know, become, like, give, gain more knowledge and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because like, you know, I, I love learning new things, you know, mm-hmm. I and so, but just that method or that medium of doing so, just reading it from a book, just wasn't working for you. Yeah, no, it wasn't working at all. And like, um, well, I mean, to be honest, yeah, so that wasn't working for me. But like, I was still, I was still getting by. You know, like I, you know, I probably, you know, even without reading any of the books, you know, I would still get like B's and stuff, and you know, pretty much all my classes, you know, all these international relations classes. Um, but last last semester, like kind of like I said, last semester was where it was a. I kind of realized like, Hey, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, what this semester is the is the final semester where it's like, Hey, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, um, and we'll get to the actual diagnosis and what that process looked like in a minute. But like you said, you got the diagnosis back in like October, November, late last semester. Um, 
leading up to that, you've been in college for a year and a half of regular college, then the last half of last spring with COVID and then last fall with COVID. Um, and then it wasn't until the middle of your third year, almost the middle of your third year of college that you finally went and got that diagnosis. What was, and I know you said you'd been struggling ever since you got in college to adopt, adapt to new study habits and to figure things out. Um, but what was sort of the turning point, the point that you said, if I don't go get help now, like I'm not going to make it through this. Like what was your turning point there? Yeah, no, that's, you actually said it very well there. You know, that's kind of, that's exactly what I was feeling where it was like, all right, I need to get help now or I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of, and it was, it was one, it was one particular assignment. Um, you know, the class was called the state of Israel. Um, and I had to write, you know, this, I don't, I think it was some research paper for that class. Um, and, you know, I sat down probably, you know, a week or two, it was probably like a week before, you know, to start, you know, to start this assignment. Um, you know, I'd already done a little bit of research, you know, it's done my research and stuff, but actually like sitting down to actually type it, um, you know, it was probably about a week before the, the deadline. Um, you know, when I sat there, you know, every single, you know, every single day at my desk, um, you know, with my laptop open, you know, with Word open, with all my sources on my, you know, my secondary monitor, um, ready to go and type, but I just like could not get myself to type anything, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, eventually the, you know, days came up to it and like you know and I still couldn't type anything and like you know in the past like once the the deadline starts approaching that's when I can like you know start doing it like you know I did a lot I've I've done a lot of assignments the night before um we're good under pressure yeah I worked very good under pressure you know I was able to you know crank out stuff um but you know with this particular assignment it was like you know the deadline approached and the deadline hit still hadn't finished and then or even started for that fact yeah and then you know a day a day after you know still hadn't finished and then two days and three days and then four and then a week Mm -hmm. and then two weeks and it was like why can't i do this you know and even my roommate you know my roommate would walk by you know every single day like look in see me send my career he's like how's the essay coming along you know and i just kind of give him like a like a you know this awkward grin or whatever just kind of like like, you know, like I'm trying, you know, like I'm, I'm trying, but it would just, ne- you know, it would never work, mm-hmm. you know, like I was, and then that was kind of the moment where I was like, and then, and then that was like starting to happen to some of my other classes too. Like it was kind of that, that one class is probably the worst one. Um, but you know, it was happening in my other classes too, where I was like starting to like barely get stuff done. And, you know, also me focusing on that one assignment, it was kind of like, I pushed everything off else off to the mm-hmm. side. Just creating more stress. Yeah. And so it was like. So, and, you know, I kind of realized, like, I can't do this. You know, that's kind of my realization. I was like, I can't do this. I need to go get help. And so, mm-hmm. you, know, I, you know, I went and got help. So when you when you went to get your diagnosis, and you said you mentioned before, uh, I wanted to, to point this out to you. You mentioned that you, there were a lot of things causing you to avoid going to get a diagnosis. Like, you didn't want to, to admit to needing help. You didn't want to to seek help because you thought it would be a handicap to you and you didn't want that. You wanted to be able to do what everybody else could do. And essentially it came down to not wanting to get the help that you needed to um, succeed for whatever reason. And I think that, I mean, I mentioned this when we were talking before we recorded, but uh, I think that's a nod to this idea that society has um, stigmatized um, disabilities. And so like for you to get that diagnosis would be for you to admit that you had a disability and society has ingrained in us that if you have a disability, you're not normal. When in reality, more people, people with disabilities are actually the largest minority in the world, um, which to think about that is actually quite astounding um, because so many people have disabilities. So many people have them and um, are ashamed to come out and mention them or to talk about them or to share them with others because they're afraid of the stigma and all of that. Um, and so it's this, this idea of, not sharing them because you're afraid of how others will react or how they'll treat you or anything like that. And so for you, I think that might have been playing into why you weren't going to get a diagnosis because you didn't. Society had taught you kind of at a systemic level that like if you have a disability, you're not quote unquote normal. When, I mean, this is a whole nother story and a whole nother rant, but our standard of normal is quite ridiculous anyway because by our standard of quote unquote normal, no one's actually normal. So um, but but I just wanted to, to make that point because I think that that 
probably had something to do with why it took you so long to get a diagnosis as well. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I even had I had a very great conversation with one of my professors from last semester. Um, you know, I appreciate you, Chris Price. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. Um, but you know, I was kind of ta- talking to him because he also, you know, I, I think you know had similar some similar struggles as I did. Um, and so you know, being able to talk with him about that, um, that kind of stuff, and like, um, you know, like hear like hearing that like what I was struggling with like wasn't necessarily like a bad thing like it's just like you know how I was and like um you know like having being able to have that conversation was um you know like like one it was kind of, you know it was like one it was like it, it was relieving you know that's that's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for you know it was, it was very it was very relieving um you know knowing that like you know it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily that like I was there were I mean like I guess like you know again like quote unquote it, I, I wasn't normal you know mm-hmm. Um, but like the, you know, having the realization that like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, like that was, like I said, it was relieving for me. So, Mm -hmm. so then, um, you go through last semester, you get to this level where like, you've been skating by for a while, like you've been coping, you've been adapting ever since you can remember, um, you get to that, that assignment where it's a week, two weeks past the deadline. You realize like, this is rock bottom. Like I've got to do something. I'm not going to do this. Um, you go get a, you go seek an assessment. Um, well, I guess first, how long did it take you to sort of find? I, I mean, what was the process like of finding who do I go to? How do I get this assessment? Is like, do I go to psychiatrist, psychologists, or somebody else? like? What was the process of finding a way to get the assessment? Um, to be honest, it actually took me quite a while, like probably like a year or two, because. Um, you know, I, I had had, so I had had struggles, um, you know, like I, I had had symptoms for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I had, I've had friends, you know, I had friends who had diagnosed ADHD, you know, were medicated, you know, were medicated for it. And, you know, they were all telling me like, Hey, you need to go get tested. Like, you know, you have a lot of like, you know, I was telling my struggles and like, yeah, you have a lot of the same things I struggled with. Like you should go get tested. And so I had called, um, or I think I emailed SSD like a year or two, you know, a year mm-hmm. ago or a year Services and a half ago. Services for students with disabilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think I emailed them like asking if they did testing. They're like, no, we don't have testing. Oh, you know, we can refer you to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I never like really um, followed through. Yeah, I never followed through with it. Um, kind of because again, I, did, I didn't want like I didn't want to get tested. Um, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want like to have a handicap, you know, I didn't want there, I didn't want, I didn't want to admit that there was something that I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I never got tested, but then, like I said, everything kind of came to a head last semester, um, where I was like, you know, I need to get help. And so then, you know, I think I either emailed the SSD office again, or, um, or I like went on their website and they had, I think I did, I think I emailed them and the, you know, they but then they sent me, you know, this paper that had all the places I can go to get tested around here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like, there's a lot of places you could go. Um, and so, you know, I kind of pick one that was nearby and um, call, schedule an appointment. And, for, you know, from that point, it was, you know, it was fairly painless. So Gotcha. And so once you once you got the appointment and you went, walk me through, what did the what did the assessment look like? I mean, I, I know sometimes they assess, they ask questions or they have you thought a questionnaire or they um, have you tell them your life story or, or what, like, assessments look different for different sorts of things. So what is, what is the ADHD assessment look like? Yeah. So, um, it's pretty much an interview. Um, you know, I go and meet with a psychiatrist and, um, you know, he just kind of like asked me a lot of questions about my life. And so in order to get, you know, in order to get a diagnosis of ADHD, you know, you have to have significant symptoms that affect, or you have to have significant symptoms. Um, the symptoms have to affect multiple areas of your life, you know, not just school has to affect multiple areas. Um, there has to be evidence of it in early childhood. Um, and so the interview kind of like basically goes through all those things. Um, you know, he, he asks you like, you know, what your current struggles are, you know, like what, you know, what are, like, what are your main struggles? Where have those struggles kind of affected you throughout your life? Um, and then also like, and like, what was that like in childhood? Um, and then, you know, the interview lasts about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, I think, yeah, it's like about an hour. And then, after that, you know, he gives you this form or this uh, this packet of, of, you know, forms and on the forms, um, it's also like a ton of questions. It's very similar to the interview. 
Um, but it's like it's kind of like one of those like on a one to five scale, you know, like do you like how does like how does it relate to you kind of thing, um, you know, and it's like I said, it's a lot of the same questions um, that he asked, but you know, I guess just to, for to get it on paper and anything that he missed. Um, so you know, I fill out all those papers, and he also sends some similar papers to um, you know a family member, like a parent um, who has known you for your whole life, and then they fill it out, and then he receives all those you know all those papers back. Um, and then he looks at the, you know, what we said in the interview and also the, those, you know, what I said and what my, uh, for me it was my mom, like what my mom said on the papers, then kind of looks, looks at all that data and, you know, comes up with a diagnosis. So. Gotcha. Um, so he gives you, he gives you these papers, he get, does the interview, he does all of that. Um, you fill them out, give them back to him. Um, then he invites you back for a new appointment to kind of go over everything, right? Yeah. And then yeah. he tells you. All right, um, you've met the qualifications for ADHD. But mm-hmm. then he tells you something else. What, yes. what else did he tell you? He also um, said, I meet the criteria for adjustment disorder with depressed mood, which is essentially depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not something you were seeking, was it? That wasn't, it was not, you know, it came as a, for me, it kind of came as a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had gone in there looking for, um, I asked about my ADHD, you know, and like I, you know, I kind of mentioned, um, you know, some areas where like, you know, this was causing, you know, this was kind of causing me to, you know, feel like, you know, it was making me upset, you know, kind of my struggles with, you know, focus and everything. Um, but yeah, and then he kind of, it was funny because it was at the very end of the document that he kind of, the results document that he gave me. Um, and it was like, he was like, oh, you call it, you're, you know, you meet the criteria for this. And I was like, oh. You know, like I had, yeah, I had no surprise, idea, right? Yeah, it was a big surprise. Um, so when it when he told you that, was that sort of a once he once he gave you that information that you also um, were going to have a depression diagnosis? Was that did that come as a surprise? I mean, obviously it was what not we were seeking. So to some level, to some extent, there was a surprise factor to that. But um, once he gave you that, did it kind of start to click a little bit? Like thinking back before the appointment, were there? along with your ADHD symptoms that you had recognized were there, sometimes we were like, oh, well, maybe that was depression coming out too, or did you have some, did you have things going on that you were like, okay, that kind of makes sense now. Um, and then with that was like, was him giving you that diagnosis of depression, um, was that sort of a hard pill to swallow, or was it uh, something just like, all right, I, it is what it is, let me do what I need to do, and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah, um, it was definitely a like, all right, it is like it is what it is, because, um, like I said, I hadn't been seeking, you know, an answer for that, um, you know, I hadn't really been like wanting to know, like, oh yeah, like I, I hadn't really felt like I had it, and honestly, like after he kind of you know gave me that diagnosis, I was I was honestly skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was like, really, like depression, like you know mm-hmm. that like is that like like are you serious kind of thing, um, but. Like, you know, kind of like looking back, you know, I was like, I was, I was, you know, I was able to see like, yeah, you know, I guess I could see there, like, you know, that was an area where, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, you know, I guess that maybe that was depression, um, you know, and I, you know, and like there were a couple times where it was like, you know, there'd be a day where I just had to close my room and like, just kind of like lay in bed, um, you know, and like not really didn't want to deal with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always like, it was always like caused by something else, like either, um, you know, my struggle with school or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very strong in my faith. And so like either, and that was also, that was another area like that kind of caused that. So it was like, it was either struggles in school or, you know, struggles in my faith, um, that kind of caused like those moments. And so I never really considered that as something that, um, you know, would cause, or that would like qualify as depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I also like, I've also really struggled with loneliness a lot. Um, you know, like, you know, I felt, I felt very alone for, you know, um, you know, most of my life, but also like, you know, coming to college a little bit. Um, and so that was also like an area that, um, you know, kind of caused that. So. Gotcha. So after that, you started to see these, after you got that diagnosis, you started to notice these areas where you're like, okay, so I thought this was just me having a bad day, but maybe it was sort of, um, sort of an episode of, of that depression factor too. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, like I said before, it was, I was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I was like, again, I was like, really like depression. Um, but you know, like looking back, it was kind of like, you know, maybe like, you know, maybe like, maybe that was like, maybe that, you know, maybe that does, you know, I guess qualify for that. So, mm-hmm. so once you got this diagnosis of both ADHD and depression, 
Um, obviously, and we'll talk about sort of what the treatment has looked like since in a second, but I wanted to ask you, when you got that diagnosis, was almost just hearing him say and confirm you have ADHD or you have depression, were those sort of, hearing those, was that sort of helpful to you in and of itself? Like, was it like this weight lifted off your shoulders? Like, okay, I have an answer. Like, I, I've known that I've been struggling for a really long time and I've known that I've been, been, hard pressed to like get work done and I know that I've been struggling with these things but I didn't know for sure what it was I had a hunch but now I know like now he's confirmed that like did that feel like this huge like weight lifted off and like a step toward getting like or not, I won't say recovering from it but like a step toward getting the treatment you needed and a step toward um, being able to to get work done and just be able to do things in a different way than you were before yeah that's exactly right you know I was so relieved afterwards you know like even you know in that final kind of um you know that final uh you know conversation that i had with him i mean my, my psychiatrist it was you know when he finally said like you do qualify for this or you do you meet the criteria for this i was like you know it's almost like a, oh like i finally have an answer audible gas you know yeah i was you know audible gas i finally have an answer to why you know i've struggled so much you know it wasn't like it's not, you know, it's not because I'm lazy or anything, you know, mm -hmm. or because, like, it's, like I said, like, I've always want, like, I wanted to get work done, you know, mm -hmm. but I've just never been able, like, I've never been able to. And now you um, really know why. Yeah, now I know why. Um, and like I said, that was, that was so relieving, um, you know, to, to finally know that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned just now um, that you start, like, it was able to help you realize, like, this isn't because I'm lazy or anything. Like, that makes me wonder, like, did you ever have... Uh, parents or teachers or anyone um, sort of in your I mean, sphere of like everyday communication at school or at home or whatever that like would tell you or accuse you of just being lazy or saying come on just do your work you're just being lazy like did you have ever have people that that felt that that's what the problem was um actually it was, I think it did a couple times um it, it's hard to think of specific moments at this point but um you know there was there was one moment now that I actually do remember where you know I was in a I was in a, it was here, you know, it's here attack. I was in a, uh, came to do this like study group and, you know, help, um, you know, some of the people from my class, like say for this test and like, you know, the whole time I wanted to get work done, but like the whole time I was like, I was just like constantly distracted. I think, you know, we were in some classroom in, in McBride, um, you know, and I was like, I was sitting there with my computer, you know, like in my, in my textbook, you know, ready to go, ready to do some stuff, you know, ready to, you know, help, you know, help study. And then, you know, we were there for probably two hours and then afterwards, like, you know, I was talking to my own friend, and I was like, hey, you know, are we, are we going to study again? And they're like, and they're like, you know, like, no, like, you can't come. And I was like, why not? And they're like, well, you didn't, you didn't do anything. Like, you were just distracting all of us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, you know, I did this and that. And they're like, like, no, you didn't. Like, you didn't do anything the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was kind of like at that moment where I was like, like, dang, like, you know, like, I, and it was, was kind of like, it kind of hurt because I was like, you know, I, I was, I was trying to, you know, I, I, I really wanted to, you know, it wasn't just like a, you know, I wasn't just there to, you know, kind of goof off. yeah, to goof off and you know, get the answers from them, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I really, I was trying to do work and I wanted, I really wanted to contribute, but you know, I just like, you know, I couldn't, um, you know, like I was trying to, but it just like couldn't focus. Mm -hmm. We hope you have enjoyed today's conversation so far. We will return to it shortly. If you like what you have heard, we would love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on Anchor or any of our social media pages. If you are interested in being a part of the Disability Perspectives podcast, including as a member of our team or as a guest on the show, please fill out the Google Form link in our About section or on any of our social media pages. It will also be linked in the description of this episode. You can also email us at disability.perspectives at gmail.com if you have any questions or would like to share with us. Lastly, if you like the podcast and want to ensure that it continues, we would be appreciative of financial support. We are not trying to profit from this work, but we are college students, so our goal is to offset the price of production. If you are interested in partnering with us in that way, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd like to try something new as far as sponsorship goes. We are interested in having people sponsor each episode of the podcast. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, sponsoring an individual episode, please reach out to us either by email at disability.perspectives.com
perspectives at gmail.com or by any other means through our social media pages or anything like that. We'd love to have people sponsor each episode. Now we return to today's episode. With your diagnosis, then obviously the next step is treatment. So what did um, the treatment look like? Did they treat the depression and the ADHD sort of um, simultaneously? Like was it one treatment regimen that kind of supposed to help both at the same time? Or um, did they treat one medicinally and one with uh, therapy? Or, or what did treatment look like? How did he kind of prescribe you after that? Yeah, um, so what my psychiatrist recommended to me, um, he recommended one medication um, to, or like a medic, medical evaluation to see if, um, you know, that would help me. Um, he also recommended counseling, um, you know, from like good counseling or something like that. Um, and he also recommended, um, like receiving accommodations. Um, you know, if I, if I was, if I was able to get those, you know, from the SSD office. Um, and so, um, in order to get medication, um, for ADHD, you, I couldn't, like that's not something the psychiatrist can prescribe. You know, you have to go see an actual doctor, and so that's what I did. Um, and since so I have so I have a mild case of ADHD. Okay. You know, it's not um, it's not like a severe thing that like severely like um, you know affects my daily function. Um, and so there you know there's some people that in order to like really like focus like at all during the day, you know, they need to take kind of a um, a slow release kind of thing that time release capsule. yeah time release capsule that you know releases throughout the day, um, their medication. But for me, I just needed something on an as-needed basis, um, specifically for when I studied. Um, so I went, I went, you know, I went to this doctor and he prescribed me, um, you know, a small dose of the medication. Like, you know, that, and like, it's a bit, like I said, it's a very small dose, but, um, you know, it's, it's just enough to be able to get me to focus and, you know, you know, be ready to, to do my work. So. Good. Okay. So, and then, um, how, like, did you end up going to, um, counseling for the, or the, or therapy for the depression side of it? Or is, is that something that you're still in the process of, um, doing or? Yeah. Um, I actually never went to the counseling. Um, cause for, so like I said, I mean, I was, I was, even to this day, I'm still kind of a little skeptical of the depression diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, sometimes. Um, and cause it like, at least for me, like it's not something that I consider like significantly affects my life. And uh-huh. so, you know, I haven't like, whereas, you know, the ADHD was something like, it's like, Hey, like I can't do my work. So I like, I need help. Whereas like with the depression, you know, like, you know, it never, it hasn't necessarily like affected me to, to the, the point, point that you didn't even need to go. Like yeah. you didn't, you weren't even going to get that diagnosis. Like it wasn't yeah. even something yeah. you noticed. Yeah. And so, um, and a lot of times, you know, the, the depression was kind of related to, you know, my, you know, my, my struggles with other stuff. So kind of like I was like, kind of like I was mentioning before, like, um, you know, like if depression is kind of like in the middle, that's kind of, that's like kind of the main problem. And to the left of it is, you know, my school struggles and to the right of it is my faith struggles. Uh Um, and then to the right of those is the thing that causes those things. So Uh like my, so I was getting, I was, so the times I did notice where I was like kind of in like, you know, a depressed mood, um, you know, the, the, on the school side of it, that, that depressed mood was being caused by my inability to study, Mm -hmm. you know, except now that I have help, you know, via medication, you know, I'm able to get my schoolwork done. So that's kind of relieved, you know, that, that middle part, you know, the, the middle depression. And then with my faith, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's fixed through, um, you know, conversations with friends, or, you know, prayer, fasting, or those mm-hmm. kind of things. So then that is kind of my, at least for me, like that's my personal kind of cure for the depressed mood that comes from my faith struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't necessarily found the need for counseling yet. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't know if I will go um, mm-hmm. or not. Like that is something my psychiatrist recommended. Um, but, you know, as of right now, like I'm doing, you know, I'm doing good. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not something I'm like particularly struggling with. And so... Um, you know, it's also something I've like gone in to get help for. So the medication that they gave you for ADHD is essentially, I mean, not directly, but it's essentially helping with the depression as well, because, mm-hmm. um, what was causing the depression was being behind in school because you couldn't get assignments turned in on time and the, the built up stress of that, um, and just different things like that. But the things that are, were causing those depression symptoms or those depressive episodes are now being taken care of by something else. And so 
since you're knocking out the cause of the depression, that kind of artificially knocks out the depression as well. So yep. from your perspective, you haven't really seen a need to go get counseling there because the medicine for the ADHD is indirectly taking care of that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting how you know how that's worked and yeah, um, you know it's you know it's kind of you know it's it's you know that's also kind of been something that's relieving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a you know audible gasp again. Yeah, it's like you know I'm fine, like you know I'm doing good. So mm-hmm. it's it's always interesting to me how um, like how that kind of works. How one thing that's not meant for something else can take care of something else through even if it's not a direct beeline to that thing. Like it can through a couple different obstacles and, and courses like it can indirectly take care of that as well um so that's interesting so with obviously once um once you received this diagnosis and you found like he told you that you had depression as well um of course to at least some extent there has to be some like recognition of um different patterns you notice or different behaviors or different things like that and now those are have been explained by um that depression diagnosis so a lot of people when it comes to any disability, um, but particularly depression, like there are these stereotypes that form or these um, ideas of what it looks like. Um, and a lot of people, we talked about this on the podcast before, but when you think of depression, a lot of people think of these um, stereotypes like, oh, that means you can't get out of bed for two days, or you're just in this constant state of immense sadness, or um, you ha- you can't, you don't have an appetite to eat, or like there's these these stereotypes of what depression looks like. And I've since learned, um, which I'd, I'd learned this before in other ways, just through my own research and, and educating and all of that. But um, my last episode, I talked with Dr. Shivers, and she'd mentioned that her struggle with depression was nothing to do with sadness, really, nothing to do with not being able to get out of bed for two days. But hers came in the form of like, just anger, just this really intense anger, mad at everybody, mad at... So with, for you, you're, like you said, you didn't even go to get a diagnosis for depression. You went to get ADHD and found out there was depression there as well. And of course, you said you were a little bit skeptic of it still. Um, but what did depre- how did depression manifest itself or present itself in you? How, like, what were the, what are some examples of the ways that um, that came out? And, and I know what it, like, not necessarily what it was caused by because we talked about that, but like, how did it present itself? What did that look like for you every day if you were struggling with a depressive episode? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, you know, the times where, you know, I, you know, I was like noticeably struggling, um, or, you know, feeling these things and kind of the thing that gave me, you know, the, the situations that I shared with my psychiatrist were, that led him to, you know, give me this diagnosis. Um, it was, you know, I was very, I was very disappointed in myself, mm-hmm. you know, in my inability to do my work, um, you know, when I wanted to, and, I, you know, I was very self-critical, um, you know, kind of like indecisive and stuff like that. And so, um, you know that it was it was those things where um, that kind you know the, like those you know those feelings um, you know you know kind of similar to your previous guest um, you know I, I was very frustrated and I was angry you know I was, I was and it was all like you know like kind of with the self critical you know it was all like directed at myself mm-hmm. um, and know. again it was all kind of a result of that ADHD and that like inability to do things and you were blaming yourself for it mm-hmm. and that was kind of how depression took took its toll on you. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like with regards to like my faith, you know, if, like if there's a particular, if there's something I was like struggling with in my faith, you know, it was I was me being mad, like why, like mad at myself, like why am I like this? You know, mm-hmm. why am I so broken that like, you know, I can't, um, you know, that I can't overcome, the, you know, these struggles. Mm-hmm. So that's something else I wanted to ask you about too, because uh, we're both in crew and we both share the same faith. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, particularly if you're comfortable sharing about it, how your faith has played a role in, um, in helping you to cope with ADHD and depression. And I know that like um, a, a lot of people turn to turn to God to for guidance or for just for comfort and those sorts of things and, and prayer. And Lisa mentioned fasting as well. But how has that really pr- played a role in um, your process of, of processing these things or your... Um, sort of your handling of the situation? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've like directly sought help, you know, via my faith with my ADHD struggles, but definitely my, you know, de- you know, my depressive, my depression struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, cause you know, when I'm feeling like, cause like I said, a lot of it's tied in with, you know, my struggles and my faith. And so when I'm like feeling down, you know, like a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll turn to God um, you know, turn to God for, for help, for answers, you know, for guidance and also reassurance, 
yeah. you know, because, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's like, you know, we have, you know, we have an answer why, you know, why, um, you know, why, like, I continually struggle with, like, you know, sin and stuff is because, you know, like, you know, as Christians, you know, we view, we view ourselves as being completely broken, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, we all, like, we all, we're all completely broken and we all need, um, you know, redemption and grace from God, you know, and that, and that's the, you know, the beauty of, you know, Christianity is like, despite how broken we are, God still loves us and he, just, and he you know, you know, gave his son for us. Of course. Um, and so, you know, like having that reassurance, you know, that like, you know, one, like, you know, God likes me, you know, God mm-hmm. enjoys, you know, being, in you. Yeah, delights in me, being, in, you know, he enjoys being in a relationship with me. Um, like, you know, that, like that in itself is like, you know, a lot of, you know, having that reassurance is like a lot of times, you know, it's very, you know, it's very encouraging, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, you know, is able to, you know, a lot of times kind of, you know, relieve, you know, some, a lot of those depressed feelings that I feel. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, loneliness before, too, is one of the things that you had struggled with. And I imagine, um, for me, like, if I ever have times where I just feel like, uh, like, about myself or I'm alone or something like that, um, I know I turn to the Lord, too. And, like, that's when I have, like, my quiet time. And I um, pray about that. And that, like, having that relationship there, like, really helps me with those sorts of things as well if I'm ever feeling that way. Um, so I imagine that was went a long way to help, helping you with the loneliness aspect, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, you know, part of that is like, you know, where my identity lies, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause you know, when I, you know, when I struggle, um, with loneliness, like in the past, you know, I used to think like, oh, there's something about me that makes me like, you know, undesirable to other people, you know, like other people don't want to be around me. They don't want to be friends with me. Um, you know, and it was almost, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, kind of, you know, came to a head this, you know, this past summer. Where you know I was like you know I'd be I'd be looking at a lot of my coworkers I was I was working on this camp um, and a lot of my coworkers you know I'd look at them and you know there's always something that like see like there was something that seemed to make them unique like in a good way you know like there was one guy who was very enthusiastic you know like you know every you know everyone loved him he was so like energetic and everything he really brought you know energy uh, and there's the other guy who you know was super athletic super fun dude super chill um, you know but when I looked at myself you know a lot of times you know I kind of just like you know, I, I felt very average, you know, mm-hmm. I felt very average at everything, you know, there was nothing that made me special. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that like, that in itself kind of made me, you know, like depressed as well, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but it was because I was finding my identity and like what others viewed of me uh-huh. and not in, I was finding my identity in, in how others viewed me and not how God views me. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and I, you know, having a great conversation with one of my, with one of my mentors, um, you know, he was able, and like literally, like forty minutes, like it was, it was incredible. Like literally, in forty minutes, he completely, like, um, you know, kind of turned on, like, like you know, flipped upside down. You know how I view myself and how I view my identity. Um, you know, and to to the point now where it's like, you know, I'm, you know, I don't view myself based on how others like, how I think others perceive me. You know, that and the, that's the distinction there. How I think others perceive me, not how they actually do. Um, you know, I don't view myself in that way, you know, I view myself, um, in the light that, you know, that God views me, you know, as, yeah. as his child, as a disciple, as an heir. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super important because like, it's often easy to compare. And one of my absolute favorite quotes, um, I like, I'd say this to people all the time is that comparison is the biggest robber of contentment. Um, I mean, if the guys in my community group hear this podcast episode, they'll be like, yep, I say it about every week. Cause, um, we're, we're studying through, um, the book of Romans right now. And so we're talking a lot about different things, but I always say that. And so for, for you with like being at camp, I, I've struggled with stuff like that too, like comparing myself to other people. And well, if I was just more like this person, or um, if I had that special characteristic about me that like just really shined through, then like people would want to hang out around me more or people would be more inclined to invite me to things or that sort of thing. And so I, I've definitely struggled with that sort of thing too. Um, but I have to con- continually remind myself that, Comparing myself to other people was going to leave me feeling empty every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should compare myself to the picture of um, of my creator and, and the, the picture that God has of me. And, like, remind myself that I was made in, in his image and um, that, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and so remind myself that that's something that helps me with that, too. So I'm glad that you've been able to find you know some level of solace in that. Uh, I think that's super important. Yeah, and going off of what you just said, like, being fearfully and, you know, wonderfully made, mm-hmm. like... You know, you know, God made me with ADHD. You know, He yeah. made me with depression. Like you know, and you know, but and like you know, His design is good. 
you know, yeah. and like, um, you know, and so kind of like having that reassurance, you know, that is, you know, you know, that is like reassuring to think about, you know, like with the ADHD, you know, having mm-hmm. that like, you know, like, like, you know, this is, this was God's intent and, you know, his intent is good. Yeah. So. And so he, like, he knew when he created you, like when he stitched you together, he knew John Livermore is going to have ADHD and yet he's still going to be awesome because I made him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's something that's like one of those things. I know Trey, uh, Trey Moore always calls him spiritual yummies, but when you think about stuff like that, it's just like, wow, that's, that's wild. Um, so I wanted to ask you, let's, let's rewind. Let's go back a year ago. Wow. It's been a year of COVID. That's, that's completely wild. A year ago, we were almost to the week. We were in Panama City Beach on cruise spring break. Um, and it was the middle of that week when we first found out that, um, you know, classes were going to be moved online and, and all of that. And that was, that was right around the time that the entire world got turned upside down. Um, going back to that time, that was before you had a diagnosis. That was before you really kind of started to hit rock bottom back in the fall. Um, that was, like you said earlier, that was kind of the point where you were like, things were starting to become more of a struggle for you. You're starting to realize, all right, I need to think about getting help. But you were not wanting to. Um, say someone were to walk into this room right now and they're in the same spot you were a year ago and they're starting to really be distracted. They're starting to really not be able to get work done. It's starting to really adversely affect them. Um, and they want, and they're, and they have the same symptoms as you did and they have the same worries and concerns that you did and they don't want to seek help because they have a handicap. They're in the same position you were in last year, a year ago. Um, what is your advice to them? What are your words? What do you say to them? Um, yeah. What, what do you say to that person? Go get help. It is so relieving. You know, even like, even if you, even if you don't get diagnosed, like, so if you have, you know, same struggle as me, even if you don't get diagnosed with ADHD, like, it is so relieving. It would, like, whether or not I got, I had, you know, whether or not I got a diagnosis or not, you know, what maybe the di- psychiatrist said no, like, I had an answer, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't, like, there wasn't this, like, thought bringing back my mind, like, is this something that, like, I'm really struggling with? You know, like, mm-hmm. is this, is this something that I have? Like, you know, like what, like I said, whatever the answer w- like would have been, um, you know, for me it was, you know, that, hey, you have ADHD, but like I had an answer. And having that re- that answer, like it just lifts a weight off your shoulders. Um, yeah. And, you know, and so, and like, you know, when you get that help, like, you know, I, like I've been, you know, I've been able to get so much work done because I got, so I got diagnosed right at the end of last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of like right before finals week, I think it was, um, this was was like, I think it was November. Um, and that final week I had so many assignments, you know, to do, I was so busy, but I was able to, I was able to get it all done, you know, I I was able to get everything done. And like, you know, I had never been able to do that before, Mm -hmm. you know, and like having, you know, having that help, like it was like, uh, it was like, it felt so powerful. You know, I felt so powerful to be able to do this, like, hey, I can do this. Like, you know, and like I said, like the weight, that weight was lifted and it was just so encouraging. Um, so, you know, if, you know, to all, to all you, you know, listeners out there, you know, if you're feeling the same thing, like, um, you know, it's like, it's like one, like it can't, it can't, or it can be intimidating. It can be intimidating to go get help. You know, um, it can be expensive um, sometimes, but like there is financial help. Um, and like, you know, if you can just overcome the, you know, the intimidation about it, like it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I want to point out too, is like, even since you got the diagnosis and you got the medication and all of that, like that doesn't necessarily mean it's been completely smooth sailing since then. Right. Like, yeah, I yeah. imagine there's still been, there's still been struggles. Like, I mean, no medication is ever going to be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. just by virtue of nothing is ever perfect, but, um, like why, like, can you just speak to like. Just because you receive a diagnosis, that doesn't necessarily mean things are going to be smooth sailing from there, but you're in a lot better spot now than you were, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's because, like, I, you know, I still have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still, you know, struggle with focus sometimes. And, like, while the, you know, while the medication, like, is, you know, it's great, um, you know, there's some, you know, there's, like, I don't enjoy taking the medication, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I enjoy being able to get my work done. You know, like, you know, that's kind of the distinction. Like, I really enjoy getting my work done, but, like, actually having to take the medication itself is not something, you know, I, you know, I, I particularly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, and, um, you know, and then that's also, like, something important to know. Like, you know, 
the medication it's not a it's not like a wonder drug you know mm-hmm. like um you know i wish like i wish i didn't have to um you know like i was kind of talking like super highly of it but you know it is important to note that like you know this isn't like it's not it's not like fun to have to take it but it is nice to be able to get your work done yeah. um and like sometimes like kind of the some of the struggles that i've you know particularly faced is like you know i like the medication i have like you know i do react like fairly you know fairly well to it but like sometimes like you know especially like after at the end of the day of taking you know some medication like i do feel like kind of like off you know i don't like you know it kind of upsets my stomach a little bit uh-huh. um you know and that's like all those things are something that you kind of talk about with your doctor mm-hmm. um you know about like you know what like then the, 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 the doctors are great because you know they'll like help you walk through like what is the best thing for you because not all medications work for all people um, if you even need medication, you know, some people don't need medication. Um, but you know, that's just something that, you know, I, I was, uh, recommended, mm. you know, so it, it, so it's, 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 it's unique for each individual, you know, each, each person will deal with it in different ways. Each person needs different things. Um, like I said, for me, like I have a mild case, so I just need medication as needed, you know, so I don't take it. I don't take it every single day. You know, it's just like when I have a lot of studying to do, um, however, like with, you know, some people, like some people who have more severe ADHD, you know, they need it to function throughout the day. So, you know, they take it and it's a long release or, you know, the extended release thing. Um, and, and yeah, so that's kind of what I have to say about that. Gotcha. Um, so we're getting close to the end. I just have a couple more questions for you, but I wanted to ask you, um, when it comes to disabilities, society has forever and a day had this stigma around disabilities, whether it's physical or intellectual, developmental, psychiatric, whatever kind of disability, there's always been a stigma and that there's something wrong with you. And, and way back in the day, they would open what they would call hospitals that were essentially just prisons. And they would take people with disabilities, regardless of what kind, um, and just throw them in there. Because they, like, there were all these dis- different misconceptions about disabilities were contagious, and if you had it, you would give it to somebody else, even though, I mean, obviously we know now, like, ADHD, low vision, like I have, like being, like all of these, many of these things, like they're not contagious, like you don't get them to other people, like you can be a competent contributing member of society um, with these things, but that's not how it's always been. Um, and I would be remiss to not mention the fact that there are still people with those types of attitudes today. They may not be as extreme as they were, and we may not still just throw people in prisons or hospital, quote unquote hospitals to the extent that we did before, but um, yeah, there's still just some really negative attitudes surrounding disabilities and, and talking about them and having that conversation. And that's part of why I do this podcast is because um, I want to help remove some of those stigmas and help normalize the conversation and make people more comfortable talking about disabilities. Uh, I've actually had people reach out to me um, after listening to previous episodes and say, hey, that person sharing their, their disability and, and sharing about it and, and opening up about it, that really has helped me to be more comfortable. And I've had people who say I like I would have never thought of, of talking on a podcast about my disability before, but like hearing other people do it, like I'm I'm all about it now. And and to me that's just like that's exactly what I set out to do with this, and I want to normalize that um, and help people be more comfortable. Um, so my question to you, John, is what do you say to those people who are still not sure and still uneasy about sharing, um, still afraid um, for a lack of another word I can, can't think of, but like they're afraid to share about it because of the stigma surrounded and by how it's going to make people think of them and they're afraid of what society will view them as, particularly like if they have like a less visible disability, but it's just something they struggle with regularly. Um, there are people out there who are afraid to talk about it and afraid to share that with other people. Um, and this isn't like, like, I don't mean here to say like, you need to share it with people. Like some people never will and that's okay. But like, what do you say to those people who are afraid to, like they want to share, but they're afraid to because of what they think the, the consequences will be or the repercussions would be. Um, and then also on the other side of that, like what would you say to those people who are contributing to that stigma and those people who still have those negative attitudes and those people who think that people with disabilities are incompetent or um, can't can't do things other people can do or aren't quote-unquote normal. Um, so what are, your, what are your thoughts in that whole realm of, of kind of thought like about normalizing and, and destigmatizing and, and all of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even... Like for me personally, even some of my family members, um, you know, after I kind of, you know, told, you know, even, even after I mentioned like, you know, some of these, you know, these struggles that I have, like a lot of them even like didn't believe it. They're like, okay, like, you know, they kind of like roll their eyes, like whatever, like, sure. 
you know, like they didn't, um, and like, I don't think some of the people, you know, I would like show them, you know, my diagnosis and like, you know, a lot of times they're like, okay, sure. Like whatever. But like what they didn't realize was like, like the hate, like this paper, this isn't just saying like, oh, I think he, the, the psychiatrist wasn't saying like, hey, I think he has like, it was a diagnosis, you know? Yeah. So like I, you know, I have diagnosed ADHD, you know, it's not just like a, oh, you know, like he has trouble focusing. Um, and so like hearing that from some of my family members was kind of hard. It was like a, hey, like, like, why don't you believe me? Like, I literally have, like, I've, like, I've mentioned my struggles to you before, um, you know, and like now I have a diagnosis, but like you still don't believe it. Um, and so, and like, you know, and like one thing, like having the diagnosis, it's like, you know, or, or any, you know, any diagnosis for that matter with a, of a disability, like it's not like a, you know, it's not a bad thing. Like, or at least it shouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and, you know, luckily apart from, you know, my family, I haven't really, you know, met anyone or that like really contributes to that, you know, to those negative, you know, to those negative, um, mm-hmm. you know, stereotypes, but you know, at least like from, you know, from my perspective, like, you know, like I'm like, I can still, you know, do all things, you know, other people with disabilities, you know, like they can still, you know, do a lot. Like, you know, even like with you, you know, like I know you love Frisbee golf, you know, and like, you know, with your, you know, you don't see very well, so it's hard for you to see the basketball, you know, like you still go out and you still have fun with your friends and stuff, you know, and like, you know, I think that, I think that's incredible, you know, and like, so there's really like, and it's not like, and like it shouldn't be, like, you know, a negative thing, um, you know, like, um, and a lot, of, and I think for the majority of people, like, it's not a negative thing, like, you know, ma- almost everyone, you know, that I've, you know, talked about, you know, with my ADHD, like, a lot of them were, you know, a lot of them have saw me, you know, knew me prior to, um, you know, prior to having the diagnosis, and, like, um, they, they knew what I struggled with before, um, and then, like, you know, you know, even like like immediately after my diagnosis, I was I was actually kind of like, you know texting it like you know different people like, hey you know I got you know this diagnosis and they were like like I'm so happy for you that you have answers, mm-hmm. you know um, and so like majority of people were very encouraging um, and so you know for those people out there that are like maybe like afraid to share like you know I'd encourage you to like I think I think you would I think you'd be surprised at um, you know how like open a lot of people can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you said about um, a diagnosis not being because society has just trained us at such a systemic level to think diagnosis bad, but mm-hmm. in reality, like for you and for so many other people, a diagnosis is the thing that was the lack of the diagnosis was the thing that was in the way of them yeah, being yeah. able to function. That was that was the weight on my shoulders. Exactly, as not having that diagnosis. So a lot of times. The diagnosis is really the best thing that you could possibly imagine to have because it just gives you that answer, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, well, that's all the, the, the big questions I have for you in regard to your disability. Do you have anything else you'd want to add or talk about or any closing thoughts? Um, none in particular, I would say. Um, just kind of kind of like sort of like we mentioned to kind of recap a little bit. Like, you know, it is like for me having ADHD, you know, it's not like it's not something that I view as negative, you know, it's something that, you know, I, you know, just kind of, you know, it's something that I just kind of deal with. And like, um, you know, everyone, like every, everyone deals with different things. Like no one is perfect. Um, you know, no one, no one is quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. And if they think they are, then, you know, that's their own form of their, they, you know, their normal is not the same. It's yeah. not the same as everyone else's normal. Um, and so like, you know, don't, you know, don't be afraid, you know, to, you know, just be, you know, be yourself, yeah. you know, live out, you know, who you are and, um, and do it boldly and courageously. Do it boldly and courageously. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, John, thank you for coming today. Um, and thank you for, for being willing to share. Um, the last thing that I, that I want to do, I have started this, um, and done it with every guest, almost every guest that I've had. And so you're not going to be an exception. I like to end the episode by doing um, a handful of rapid fire questions oh, and they're going to be just fun. And um, I'm going to, you haven't seen them yet, obviously. Oh, no. um, so as quickly as you can answer them, just answer them. The idea is just for us to get to know you a little bit, a little bit more aside from just talking about your disability. Um, and it's going to be fun. Hopefully we'll laugh a little bit. Um, so just have fun with it. There's, there's no pressure, but just don't take it. Don't put any thought into it just as fast as you can answer them. Um, all right, hit me. So we'll go ahead and do that now. Give a quick second to. All right, so you ready to start? Yes. 
Okay. If you could relive one experience, what would it be? Going to Germany. Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Australia. What is your dream car or truck? Oh, the new Hummer EV. Okay. What's a Hokie? I am. Good answer. Okay, Hokie. Orange or maroon? Ooh, ooh, uh, oh, maroon. Maroon. What's your favorite multiple of six? Eight, 81. 81? I don't even know if that is one. But I don't think it is. <laughs> um, 36. 36. Um, if you could eat anything right now, what would it be? Uh, strawberry shortcake. Ooh, interesting. What's your biggest pet peeve? Um, people leaving, not cleaning up after themselves. Okay, that's a solid one. Um, what has been your best experience or most memorable experience as a Virginia Tech student? Um... Ooh, uh, football games, jumping in lane. Can't Any particular that. one or just in general? Um, oh, the oh, I remember. So at the end of the pit game when we beat them twenty zero in the rain, and I stuck it out the whole. You know, we stuck it out the whole game. You know, the lane was still packed at the end of it, <laughs> even though it was freezing and cold. That was incredible. I was Last so ball. excited. I yeah. That. When we uh, when Pat Narduzzi said that he wouldn't get an offsides here because he didn't at Penn State. And then he got two. Yeah. And we let him have it. That was a good time. Um, what was your favorite part about Panama City Beach last spring with crew? Um, just kind of, you know, being able to spend time with people on the beach. Oh, actually, no, sorry. Scratch that. I had an amazing conversation with a good with a good friend of mine, Thomas Super. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a, yeah, it's had a great conversation. Were you about him. to say it was a super conversation? <laughs> it was a super conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was like the last night. Gotcha. Uh, that's all the questions I have for you. So, like I said, thank you for being a part of the podcast and um, and, and taking some time out of your schedule today to sit down and have a conversation with me. Um, I definitely think that our conversation and your boldness and willingness to share will go a long way toward making other people more comfortable. And so, um, with that conversation and helping to normalize the conversation around disability. So, yeah, thanks for being here. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Disability Perspectives Podcast. Please share us with your friends and across your social media accounts so that we can all work together to normalize the conversation. Again, you can find the Disability Perspectives Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again to Scotty Larson, Paulina Sobel, and Morgan Rader for all of their hard work behind the scenes that make this podcast possible. Look for our next episode in two weeks on Wednesday, April 7th. Until next time, we hope you will continue seeking to learn more and to expand your perspective.